If you're affected by anything discussed on this podcast or you just want to talk, please reach out to someone for help and support. You can also reach out to ManBlues via email at manblues at gmx.com, at manbluesuk on Twitter, or find us on Mastodon by searching for at manblues. We're not qualified to help, but we can listen. Please don't suffer in silence. I'm Leon Deggs, and I have Man Blues. This week's episode is all about retail therapy. Okay, so what is retail therapy? I mean, it's a phrase with which we should all be familiar these days, but just in case you're not, the definition of retail therapy is the practice of shopping in order to make oneself feel more cheerful. It's also referred to as comfort buying. You know, in the same way we have comfort eating, we have comfort buying. So is it real? Well, retail therapy can really help you feel better as long as you don't overspend. But remember, retail therapy isn't actual therapy. If you are experiencing mental health symptoms or you're struggling with a serious problem, talking to a therapist can have more benefit than pulling out your wallet. So what are the benefits of retail therapy? Well, you have personal control. Retail therapy can help restore a sense of this personal control and stave off lingering sadness. Making your own purchases may also reduce feelings of helplessness that cause despair. And retail therapy will also fuel imagination because shopping can spark your imagination with concrete images, smells and textures of objects that you want. Now in my case, My retail therapy tends to focus mostly on bits of gadgetry that I can buy or musical equipment or things that I can add to my computer to make my music sound better or I think the purchase I have in my wishlist at the moment is a little mini keyboard so I can play some piano on my songs. So what are the downsides to retail therapy? Because there must be, there has to be, because it's not an actual therapy. Well, certain behaviours can indicate shopping addiction. People at risk are often constantly wanting something new They're easily bored, they're pessimistic, they're dependent on social recognition or approval, they are secretive or guilty about purchases, and they're dealing with co-occurring mood disorders, anxiety disorders, eating disorders, or impulse control disorders. So being a regular listener as you are to this podcast, you will know that I don't necessarily suffer from a lot of those things. But I do like a little bit of retail therapy and I do feel good about myself when I bought something. So what's my problem? Why am I making an episode about retail therapy? Well, I personally don't ever really shop like that in order to make myself feel better. I have the complete opposite effect. Something will catch my eye, I'll ruminate over it for a few days, maybe leave a web browser tab open, and then one of two things will happen. One, I'll plump for it on impulse and buy it, or number two, I will close the browser remove the thought from my mind. Now, I feel that this leads to healthier decision-making for me because if I really want it, it plays on my mind and I go back and then do some more research. But even just in the task of me writing that down, my process in order for me to make this episode, I realize there's a slight little bit of untruth in there because I said, I will have something catch my eye, I'll ruminate over it for a few days, leave a web browser tab open, and then one of two things will happen. One of those statements wasn't necessarily true. 
I impulse buy a lot more than I should. But then I want to try to understand why. So the things I've impulse bought in the past have been things where I thought, yeah, I really want one of those. I've always wanted one of those. Let me buy it. But what has stopped me from buying certain things in the past has been simply the cost. But the other side to it, maybe not the cost so much, but more the issue of I want to understand whether this is going to benefit everybody. I have something on my wish list that has been on there since I was 10, 11, 12 years old. And that thing is, I want to own a radio controlled car. I've always wanted one, never had the ability to get one, never had the capacity to have one, never owned one. So now I'm in a position where I think, well, I have enough disposable income, so I should be able to afford one. I did some research some years ago into getting myself a remote controlled car, a radio controlled car. And yeah, they were affordable to me. I could buy that immediately and enjoy it and wait for it to come home and all the rest of it. But I started telling myself tiny little lies to make myself feel better about not buying it. Those little lies were things like, I wanted to be able to build it from scratch. I wanted it to come in bits so that I could piece it all together with the understanding in my brain that I will learn how to build this car so that if anything happens with it, if anything breaks, I can fix it myself because I've built it. So of course, when I'm looking and doing all the research, I was deliberately looking for kit cars that I can piece together. Now they're very few and far between. The manufacturers will want to sell you a finished piece of kit not for any cynical reason. I mean, there could be cynics out there basically saying, if we sell you a finished piece of car and you break it, you have to take it somewhere to get it repaired. We're helping the industry. No, the thing I had with it was I wanted to have it so that I could build it from scratch, but I also wanted to get a petrol powered car. So of course, then it starts taking you down a completely different shopping avenue. I was looking at these for months and months and months and never bought one. Still haven't bought one. Still haven't been able to justify getting one. And by justify, I mean the following. I can afford it. I can get one now with my disposable income. I have enough in my savings. This isn't a humble brag. I can afford to buy one. So why haven't I? Well, the reason I haven't bought one is, first of all, it's a toy for one person. It's not something that my son and my wife or my entire family can benefit from. It is a solitary pursuit. There's just me that can enjoy it and there's just me that wants one. It's like when I buy guitars, and I say that in plural because I have currently four guitars at home. When I buy a guitar, there's only me that's going to benefit from that because yes, I can play songs to my wife and to my son, but they aren't necessarily going to want to hear that. So there's only me that benefits. And I really struggled with the purchase of a radio control car just for that very reason. And then I coupled with it the fact that the petrol powered versions were harder to find and were slightly more expensive and you got more kit that needs to come with it. So then I'm trying to convince myself that yes, it would actually be fun to drive on that battery for 20 minutes and have a spare battery in my back pocket for another 20 minutes. But that means only for 40 minutes I'm getting some kind of enjoyment out of playing with this thing that I've wanted all my life. So I opened all the browser tabs, I've kept all the URLs, I've had all these pages, I've had that, what I want, this is what I want, this is what I would like, and then saved all the URLs into a text file, closed the browser down and walked away from it. The last time I looked at that was three years ago. Three years. That's a long time for something to be stuck in my head for me thinking, I want, I want, I want. And would it make me feel better to buy one? Would I feel happy about going out and getting one? So as I say, 
my lie there was that I ruminate over it for a few days. I don't. I have one of two options. One is impulse buy, get it now. I can always justify why I need it. Or the other version is look at it, research it, maybe I need it, close the browser down, walk away, come back in a two days, two months, two years, and then go, yeah, I'd like to look into that again. That's how I purchase things. So one of the examples of something I purchased where I literally just went, that looks like a good thing, I'm going to buy it. I got an email come through from a particular company that sends me information about musical instruments. And they had on there an offer for this piece of audio interfacing equipment. I don't need to drill into what that does. Suffice it to say, I can plug my guitar and record it straight through the computer. I don't need to go anywhere else. I didn't even think twice. It cost £110 and I bought it. Didn't think. Before I knew it, I'd clicked buy and then I got the confirmation email that it had been ordered and it was coming to me. And that's when I had buyer's remorse. And it's the worst possible feeling I could have had because I was literally looking at this thing and I had no intention of buying it. Saw the email come through and thought, that's a cool piece of kit. I've got loads of ideas of what I can use that for. Let's buy it. So I bought it. So as I say, I get this buyer's remorse. As ever on this podcast, I do like to do some research and give you definitions on things. So I did the definition for buyer's remorse. It is a feeling of regret experienced after making a purchase, typically one regarded as unnecessary or extravagant. Now I want to add to that unnecessary, extravagant and surprising. So when I bought that piece of kit and it came to the house, I had to sort of hide it away from my wife because I was a little bit ashamed of the fact that I was so speedy to get this purchased. She would have been surprised at me doing it, but then when I would have stood there and explained to her all my reasons for buying this thing, they would have been perfectly valid. She would have understood all day long. Wouldn't have been a problem. So why did I feel guilt? Why did I feel bad about buying that particular item that had not crossed my mind until I saw the email? And is it fair to say of my purchases that I think they're unnecessary or extravagant? I mean, I mentioned guitars already. I've got four of them in the house. My most recent guitar that I purchased was genuinely one of those things where I thought, I don't really need a new guitar, but my old one's a bit broken. I could fix that, repair it, no problem. That's the guitar I've had for 20 years. But then I thought, no, do you know what? I'll have a look around. Had found this website, £150 for this guitar, really nice guitar, wood-coloured thing, blah, blah, blah. Again, won't go into too much detail. It had on it a particular fitting or a particular attachment that I'd never had on a guitar before, and I thought, I'd love to play a guitar that's got one of those. So I bought it, and then I never used the particular attachment that came with it because I'm not that kind of guitarist. If you're wondering what it might be, it was a Floyd Rose tremolo. Please feel free to Google that because you might see just how exciting it is, or you might just be completely indifferent. But it was a Floyd Rose tremolo that I was interested in, bought this guitar, and then I'm not that kind of lead guitarist that needs to use the tremolo. So five years later, I'm looking at the guitar thinking... It was frivolous. I don't need that, so let me sell it and get a simpler one. So I sold the guitar on eBay and bought myself another one using the proceeds. And the guitar that I bought since then, very nice, very good. I get use out of the guitar and I'm happy. But at the time when I bought the guitar with the Floyd Rose tremolo, I wasn't in a band. I had no outlet. I was literally just using it for recording. And that's when I think that was frivolous. But it's not frivolous with the one I replaced it with because I have a use for it. Equally, because I joined the band, I needed to get a better guitar amplifier, so I bought a better guitar amplifier. And then the last gig we did was in December of 2022. 
And then I recently got in touch with the band again and I said, guys, we haven't rehearsed in months. I've got this equipment sat in my room that's not being used. Can we get together and have a rehearsal? Because that was my driving force behind it. I've spent money on this guitar amp. I want to be able to use it to, in my head, justify the purchase. That's how my retail therapy works or doesn't. I need to have the justification for having that in the house in the first place. And if I don't have that justification, I start to feel really guilty about my purchases. I'm sitting here at my desk recording this podcast episode, staring at two photographs that I took out of my photo album. Yes, they're that old. I took them out of my photo album. They're physical photographs that are sitting on my monitor stand. They are photographs I took of my drum kit all those years ago when I had it set up in my bedroom at home. And I'm looking at these pictures and I'm thinking, that's the best money I ever spent on anything because I got so much use out of it. I loved it. I was a drummer in a thrash metal band for three and a half years. Brilliant. I cannot justify that purchase any more than that. It got so much use. It was in my car. It was in the practice studio. It was going around all of these gigs and venues. I got good use out of it. But then I look at the bass guitar I've got in my bedroom and I think I don't do enough recording to warrant needing a bass guitar. But when I do do some recording, at least I've got a bass guitar, I can write that off in my head as fine. So why do I buy guitars when I've already got one? Good question, not one I can answer. Why do I have four? Great question, not one I can answer. And why do I buy audio equipment when I'm not entirely sure I'm going to really use it? Again, brilliant question. But when I bought it, my son who's moving into music production saw the piece of kit that I bought and he said, oh cool, if you don't use that, I might want to borrow it. Yes, no problem. I didn't buy it specifically with him in mind, but I did buy it because I thought I might get some use out of it. Then I started doing the podcast. Then I started getting guests coming on the podcast and I thought, this is a brilliant way for me to interview somebody because I can use this audio interface to capture their microphone. So again, I've written it off in my head as being a valid and viable purchase. So I'm happy again. But I can only obtain that happiness with my retail therapy if I can justify the purchase. So is it fair to me then to just work, work, work and deny myself these things. I don't think it is. Because what else am I getting out of life? Sure, my wife and I, we go on holidays, we take our family to the restaurants and all the places. I'm not denying myself stuff. I'm not at home with nothing. So of course, this leads me nicely into the positivity end of the the podcast. So how can you deal with and prevent retail therapy? Because I think it's important to refer to it in that way because It is an impulse buy sometimes, or even just this kind of window shopping that you do, and you kind of go, yeah, 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 that's great, I'm going to buy one of those. So how can you deal with and prevent your retail therapy? So number one, and bearing in mind again, as usual, these have been lifted from a website, you will find the URL in the blurb for this episode, and you'll be able to click on that and read through it. I'm just giving you the bullet points and some highlights. Uh, So number one is to know your emotional spending triggers. You need to understand what drives you to spend Number two, you need to monitor your spending to find, quotes emotional purchases. By tracking your daily spend, you will be able to highlight where your emotional spending is. Number three is to use the 48-hour rule. Write it down on a notepad and give yourself two days to walk away from it and think. Number four is to remove spending apps from your phone and unsubscribe to emails encouraging you to spend. Interestingly, when I first read this point, I was thinking, I don't have any spending apps. Amazon. And I don't get any emails. 
Oh, the music one. I get both of them. I have a spending app and I got the emails coming through encouraging me to spend. So I need to unsubscribe from these things. Number five is to reduce retail therapy by sticking to a budget. That's tricky when you've got disposable income sat there burning a hole in your pocket. But you need to try to put a budget on it. You need to tell yourself that's a limit and that's it. And like with this radio control car, that would be a one-off purchase, never to be repeated. It's not going to be a rinse and repeat and try again. It's not like that. And number six is to get support from a good friend and when you're feeling tempted to spend, it's like having a diet buddy, I guess, that you've got someone you can just sort of say, hey, I'm thinking of spending some money on this. What do you think? And number seven is to improve your mood by window shopping. Add things to a wish list rather than to a cart or a basket. That makes sense because, as I say, that would tap in nicely to the 48-hour rule. Plus, if it's on your wish list, if you forget about it, you can come back to it a few months later and you kind of go, why is that on my wish list? Why was I thinking about buying that? Or, brilliant, that's the thing I really need now. Let's buy it. And that'll also help. Uh, and finally, number eight is to treat yourself with small purchases which are within your budget. And the suggestion is to actually create something called a fun budget. Allow yourself a budget that's just for fun things, which to me, sounds like a great idea. So as I say, there's going to be a couple of URLs you can look at in the blurb for this episode. One of them is about whether retail therapy is actually helpful, and the other is about how to deal with retail therapy. Those are the eight steps I've just read out with a further explanation to them. So in short, I'm Leon Deggs, and unfortunately, I've got to dash. There are some things I need, brackets, emotionally, to add to my wish list. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.